This episode was brought to you by Lark Capital. At Lark Capital, our why is family and impact. With the Lark Veterinary Impact Fund, we will help our veterinary family through three pillars, financial literacy, awareness, and reducing the disproportionately high rate of suicide within the veterinary community. Please check us out at www.larkcapital.com to see how you can be part of something great. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Caleb Johnson. Caleb has been an entrepreneur since age 18. Uh, he has multiple deals and assets under management, um, and he's been blessed to acquire over $9 million worth of real estate before 25. So, um, Caleb, I'm going to stop there because I think it's going to be way more interesting for the listeners to hear your story from you. Uh, but first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate you taking out the time. Hi, Jason. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, will you go ahead and, and just kind of give us your story, your background? Um, sounds like you're you're a pretty young guy anyway, but uh, started at, at quite a young age. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear how that all came together. Yeah. So where I normally start is with my parents and not because um, that's how I got into investing. And it wasn't because my parents were wealthy. They were actually the opposite and they had day jobs. Now I saw the life that they had. I knew I didn't want that for myself. And I really, um, I really took that to heart when my mom had surgery and she was around six years old. She took about three months off of work to heal and recover. And her plan was to live off of her savings. Now at the end of three months, she realized that she wasn't ready to go back to work and she wasn't healed properly, but she was stuck between this rock and a hard place of either deciding, okay, do I go back to work and make money because I have no money coming in, but potentially hurt myself or do I stay home and recover properly but prolong retiring by a couple of years. And so she made the very tough uh, decision to go back to work and make money. And Jason, I would see her come home in tears, crying because she was in literally so much pain. And I love the name of your podcast because when I started off, that was my why. That was My mom was my why because I wanted to help her retire early. And at the same time, I didn't want to go through what she went through myself when I was six years old, you know, having a job kind of dictate what I had to do, where my money was coming from. And I'm not dissing jobs at all. I think we do need jobs, you know, especially specific jobs. Um, And if someone likes what they do working, then praise God, that's great. But for me, I'm just not wired that way. So that's how I got started in investing. Yeah. 
And it, it's it's interesting, you know, with with uh, a lot of guests and and, and even myself, you know, you, you're a lot of times that journey towards entrepreneurship or w- investing, whatever you know, sort of avenue it goes, it does it does start with a pain point. And so, I think you know, it, whether it's like the example of your mom, a, a family pain point, or or someone you know has their own struggles in life. And they realize that's not the way they want to live. And you kind of, so you, you try to turn that direction. And, and uh, many people don't, uh, many people don't unfortunately take those lessons and, and, you know, sort of turn them to good. Um, but I think one of the the great things about doing this podcast is just finding that the people that have, that have used, you know, adverse adversity and turned it to a positive and, and found a way to kind of, move through and grow and be, um, you know, have it, uh, ultimately benefit them lives, benefit their lives and benefit their families' lives. So you, you saw, you know, sort of what you, the position you didn't want to be in, you saw, you know, you didn't want to be at, at an age where, uh, you had to work despite, you know, maybe, maybe our, well, our, <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm 48 and I can tell you, your body definitely starts to, uh, give you some <laughs> pushback as you, as you get older, but what, what did you do? What steps did you take to kind of um, start that journey when you when you realized you didn't, you know, didn't want to end up in that situation? Well, I knew I needed to learn. And uh, when I learned that 90% of millionaires had gotten their millions through real estate investing, I knew that I wanted to learn specifically about investing in real estate. And where I went to do that was free resources like Bigger Pockets had a still has a great podcast. Uh, now they have about 50 podcasts, it seems like, but other free resources like YouTube. And uh, I also knew for myself that I needed a mentor. I needed someone in my life that had been through the weeds, they'd been through the trenches, and they could guide and direct me and really save me uh, blood, sweat, and tears and headache. So I started, I knew that in the back of my mind. And of course, the mentor just didn't show up at my desk. But uh, one day, a gentleman walked through the doors of my uh, restaurant where I worked at. And he, long story short, he was a real estate agent and had owned a couple properties, just rentals. And he gave us a couple business cards. And I hold, I held on to that business card for two months before I called him up. But at a certain time, I decided I just got to call this guy. And I said, hey, Gilbert, uh, my name's Caleb. You don't know me, but you came into my restaurant a little while ago. And I know you own some rentals and I want to work for you for free so you can teach me uh, what you know. And I, I told him specifically, I'll clean your toilets at 2 a.m. I don't care. I just want to learn from you. So I'll do anything. And he kind of chuckled at that and said, okay why don't you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad six times and then give me a call back? And so I said, okay, I did that. And then I called him back and I said, hey, Gilbert, I read that six times. And he said, okay, read cash flow quadrant six times again. And I said, okay. So I did it again. And I think we did that uh, song and dance show one, one other time. And he got to a point where he said, okay, Caleb, I know you're serious. Let's Let's talk more and get coffee. So... I ended up working with him as the agent to find my first deal. And he connected me with the contractors 
the lenders that could work with my financial background and just being 18, 19 years old, I did not have a whole lot of capital that I was sitting on to buy out to buy a property. So they really helped me to do that. And I think that was finding that mentor and free education for me was the starting point that I needed. Yeah. Uh, mentors are tremendously important. I've had really throughout my whole life been really lucky to have um, some great mentors. And and I've talked a lot about on the podcast about, you know, sort of the importance of that, um, especially in, you know, in real estate, finding someone that, you know, kind of is steps ahead of you doing what you want to do and, and, you know, sort of following in their footsteps, using their blueprint. But um, interestingly, I th- think th- this is a good thing to point out, you know, a lot of people uh, think of, you see, there's a lot of paid mentorships, right? There's a lot of people that, you know, put, uh, put out some courses, you know, kind of, so there's in many ways, a lot of, um, I think sometimes those, those types of programs get a bad name. They, you know, you know, they have that sort of guru, um, label attached to them and people think, you know, you shouldn't pay for this. That's, that's the, the point of what I'm, getting at here is that it's not the only way to do it, right? So you can either do what you did, which is go find someone sort of organically to mentor you where, and and I wouldn't say that it's free. I'm sure you worked hard for it. So it's just that, you know, you're kind of doing that apprenticeship model versus the sort of pay to play. Um, and it, and it all comes down to, to what resources you have, what value do you have? Do you have time? Do you have money? Do you have, you know, kind of something that, uh, you know, provides value to whoever that mentor is. And so I, I think people sometimes get in this space where they're like, well, I can't afford to pay, you know, $20,000 for this mentorship. But what you can do is go offer to work for someone for free and and make their lives easier. And, and in return, they'll teach you, you know, teach you the business. So um, good for you for, for doing that and taking that route and realizing that that was um, an opportunity at that age. Um, so when you, when you got your first rental, you said, you know, you didn't necessarily have the capital. How did you, how did you structure that, you know, kind of first deal? What did it, what did it look like for you? You know, you, you were introduced to these lenders and all of that. How, how did that kind of go? Cause I think that's something that, that other people that are looking to get started could really um, find a lot of inspiration in. Yeah. And Jason, you hit on a good note that wh- wherever you are financially, whatever your background is, there's a way to do it. It's just finding the way that one works for you and that you can actually do. And for me at that time, I was going to house hack a property. So that means owner occupied, I'm going to live in one unit or one bedroom and rent out the other bedrooms or units. And my first property was a fourplex and that was in a C minus neighborhood. So one of my uh, tenants was a drug dealer. Another was a hoarder. So I was able to acquire that property for only three and a half percent down. Um, so it cost from like ten to fifteen thousand dollars to actually buy it, including reserves and all that. So I had been saving up since I had been working since 15, 16 years old. So I had always had some money sitting on the sidelines and I had just uh just had enough to get that done. So um again, my mentor was really helpful and 
connecting me with the contractors that could save me time and money. Like I remember vividly the first unit I ever renovated was the hoarders unit. And gosh, talk about gross. I mean, mice, roaches, and I live next door. So that meant I had mice and roaches. Right. Um, But ultimately got rid of those. But there was so much nicotine. It was, I remember vividly, there was like a painting or a, a cross or something that they had on the wall. And there was so much nicotine. They lived there for seven years. The nicotine was literally dripping off the wall and outlined this cross, I think. And so it was just, it was an experience, you know, but I think it goes back to wherever you are, you know, I didn't have in my market in Phoenix, I couldn't go into the A plus neighborhood and buy a fourplex because that was going to cost me 800 to a million dollars. I could go to a C minus neighborhood or a C neighborhood that was gentrifying and coming up uh, in the market cycle and, you know, deal with a hoarder and a, a drug dealer, but it cash flowed at the end of it, 1200 bucks a, a month, uh, and then ultimately sold it for a really nice profit in less than two years. And so wherever you are, I think there's a way to get it done. It just, it just requires you to ask how, how can I get this done? Yeah. And it, that's a great point. You know, don't, don't look at things from this, you know, well, I can't afford it or I can't do this. It's how can I afford it? How can I do this? And your um that story, I, my she doesn't anymore, but my mom, my mom smoked growing up. I've seen that uh, yeah uh-huh. that outline around things. It's it's uh, <laughs> a not pretty. Um, but the the idea too is it's not just asking how; it's being willing to take to make those sacrifices that you need to, to get that ball rolling, to make those first steps. So there's a lot of people that just would stop right there and say, well, I'm not going to do this because I have to live in a, you know, C-class neighborhood with a drug dealer and a hoarder. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do it because this I'm, this unit where the hoarder was living is disgusting. And I, I just don't like people, that'll be it. That'll be the end. That'll be the end of the story for a lot of folks. And so, um, but, you know, you were able to do that, push through, do what, what, do what it took. And then, and then, you know, sort of start your investing journey with, with a win, you were cash flowing and you were able to have a profit when you sold. So there's in the beginning, you know, the, the suggestion out there, you'll see, you know, don't work, don't work in your business, work on your business, that kind of thing. In the beginning, I think you're you're in it. You're in. Mm-hmm. You, you got to do whatever it takes. You have to do the dirty work. You have to scrub the nicotine off the walls. You have to paint. You have to uh, do the renovations yourself. There, there's in, unless you're starting the journey with a bunch of money, what you have is your own labor, basically your own, mm-hmm. you know, your own um, willingness to put in the work. So it's uh, definitely something that I think is is a great you know, sort of lesson for people listening to, you know, hear what you did and that, you know, that sacrifice that you made. And, and, but now tell us, you know, sort of what, why, what that did for you. What, what was that from, you know, like a springboarding type standpoint? Oh yeah. Well, that taught me so much. It taught me like that one unit that I renovated, it took me two months and about seven grand. And then I hired out 
uh, the work for the drug dealers unit and all of his crap was still there because he got evicted. So it was actually more work than the hoarder and it cost me $7,500 in two weeks. And so I saved in vacancy costs just by hiring that out. Plus I had less blood, sweat, and tears into the property and I could go find another deal that would make cash flow as well during that time that it would take me to renovate that unit. So I learned a ton from that property and I had capital from that uh, sell to go 1031 into a retail facility, which was another cash flowing property, uh, at least is about to be cash flowing. And um, it connected me, you know, it really just, it, you hear that the first deal is the hardest. And so once you get that first deal done, then the next deal will follow a lot quicker than that first one did. And I 100% agree. So it one gave me the capital to actually do another deal. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it really gave me the the knowledge, the confidence, the wisdom for me to go buy the second deal and the third deal and then scale from there. Yeah. So where does your portfolio sit now? So today uh, I've been investing for a total of six years now, and we own six assets across three states, uh, totaling $12 million. Awesome. Awesome. And what do you, like, what's your focus? Uh, You know, I think as we just talked about when you're, when you're beginning, when you're starting that journey, you're doing everything. You're doing the renovations. You quickly learned that that's not the best use of your time. You're doing acquisitions. You're doing, what are you, what, what phase are you in now? Are you still kind of doing it all yourself? Have you brought on team members? What's the, what's the growth trajectory trajectory look like for you? Well, starting off, especially in commercial, I again had to find a mentor to really teach me and coach me up. Uh, I didn't have a lot of money to go buy a $50,000, $30,000 program, which I think I, I actually wish that I did. And I could just invest that and then learn, build those connections in that meetup. But for me, I found someone that had been doing what I wanted, that, that I needed to do, and they had what I wanted, that experience. They had been underwriting for about 18 months. So I gave my time and I learned underwriting from him. And he in, and in turn, I brought him deals. So I think we closed four deals together mm-hmm. in about a year. And so that was what kind of helped me um, get to that next level. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows. You know, I hear when you when you're starting your company, there's somewhat of a smoke screen, right? You have to say, well, I've acquired XYZ million dollars and this is our company and we're this firm and we have all these special features. And often, I mean, I could start a company right now that's an LLC and I own Johnson LLC. I own a company. So there is a smoke screen once you start. And I think that's with any business, right? And so you could own half a percent of this $250 million asset. And so now you can say you have assets under management of $250 million. So I say that just so the listeners, if you're new starting off, it's not all amazing, right? I think in in complete honesty, Jason, in the three years I've been doing this, I've probably, the three years of commercial, I've probably made $30,000 $30, on those transactions. So it's not 
all that in a bag of chips. Uh, once you start scaling and you can find the right partners, I think that will contribute a lot to your growth. And we are still building and focusing on bigger projects. And I will say though, at the same time, I know so much more today than I did a year ago, two years ago. And I had the connections to take down that $100 million asset. So that can lead to enough income that can cover me for um, years, right? And I, and I think that the first, what got me turned on to commercial real estate was at this first real estate meetup, the speaker, he shared his first deal with us and what the numbers look like. And so he owned that asset for four years, they sold it, and he alone made $2.5 million. And so if you're listening to this, imagine if... million showed up in your bank account tomorrow or today. What would that do for your family? So if you just do one deal a year, I mean, that's the legacy wealth that you're looking at. So starting off, it is a grind. It is challenging. I mean, I've I've had moments where I'm working at a day job as well at nine o'clock and I'm in tears and I'm thinking, when is this going to pay off? Right. But there is a light at the end of the road. You just have to keep working hard at it. Yeah, but it's a it's great point. The um, real estate is definitely not a get rich quick scheme, but it is really a get rich guaranteed scheme. Pretty much, I mean, there's mm-hmm. you'd have to do some do it really wrong to 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 not make money, but it's but it's in the long run, and and so that growth tra- trajectory tends to be really really slow, really really sort of. Um, uh, flat across the you know first number of years and and a lot of it's going to have to do with the market so it's like if if you get lucky enough to get in in a really hot market your growth trajectory can go up faster um if you're getting you're in you know the the market that we're in right now where things are a little bit slower you really have to be thinking about this as what does this look like in a five or 10 year time horizon? And a lot of people just don't have the patience to do it and that's why not everybody does it right that's that's really the, the reason is is the the willingness to believe in the vision, to believe in the future, and kind of ride it out when it's hard and when you're not making much money in the beginning, because you know, you know, the, the, I I think, and and I, I didn't really believe this at first, but I think one of the maybe best ways for people to have little uh, I don't know, check-ins along the journey with themselves, little, little pep talks is to track your net worth because you're not like, as you said, like you're, you're making $30,000 in three years on these transactions. Like, yes, that's the money that comes into your pocket. But if you're starting to, if you track the net worth and the value of, you know, the, the assets that you own, the deals that you're a part of, um, and those are going up over time, and you know, at some point there'll be an exit and, and then you're going to realize that money. And so you can see, although your bank account may not be going up, your your net worth calculation um, should be going up. Um, and, and honestly, if it's not, you need to reassess what you're doing and figure out why not. But um, I love that you pointed that out. The other thing that I thought was was really um, it's interesting and, and um, true is, you know, sort of that the smokescreen thing and, and that when you're starting out, you pr- certainly feel like you need to, um, I don't know, demonstrate some level of competency. And you do that by talking about, you know, 
assets under management or or unit count and things like that. But but what you do have to realize is that, as you said, like you could be an extremely small portion of a deal that's a hundred million dollars versus someone who might own all on their own a deal that's worth two hundred thousand dollars and what that means to you personally as a as a uh financially and both both experientially they may be it may be vastly different to be a part of that smaller deal because you're a bigger chunk of it but um the reason why people like to to get into those bigger deals is for exactly what you pointed out you're you're getting the network you're getting the knowledge you're getting the resources in place so that at some point now you're doing those hundred million dollar deals you're at the forefront of them so but what what often gets reported on on social media is oh yeah you know we just closed a hundred million dollar deal and it's like well, what did you do for that deal I, you know, I i raised a little capital or whatever it is and it, not that those accomplishments are are not meaningful but but the point is of people seeing that and maybe early on in their journey feeling like they're not doing what they should be doing or not as successful as what they're seeing on social media it is it is a bit of a smokescreen it is uh and i i try i i only rep- really report my unit count on the deals that i actually manage like i don't i don't really talk about the the deals that i'm invested in uh as a small you know in a small portion so i think that um but it but again it doesn't it doesn't really matter like it it's a it's a metric it doesn't you know unit count doesn't matter assets under management i think maybe is a probably a little more um an of accurate uh sort of metric i guess for experience if you're actually reporting it um accurately but it's th- these are things that that people starting out people early on in real estate might not realize that when they're seeing oh this person just started you know six months ago and they have you know they already have 300 units they might have you know raised a very small amount of capital for that and be doing uh, a little bit of asset management or something like that that's great that's great experience for them but don't feel like that you know seeing that unit count is the most important component in that what you want to know is like what, what are they learning from it especially in the beginning that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you kind of pointed those things out. I, I do think sometimes it um, that I think actually smokescreen is a great term for it in that, uh, you know, you want to you want to look like you have the experience. And so you you report all these things. But um, but people that are, you know, you want to you want to dig a little bit deeper. And, and I think just for yourself, if you're in the business, don't be so worried about that. Worry about what are you actually learning what are your lessons? What is your, you know, what are your connections, your network that you're developing from each of these deals? That's really the the main thing. And it's, it's like you said, you, you know, you worked f- for free because that got you the connections and the network that you needed to really start doing things. Right. And I will say too, I'm not bashing anyone that does that smokescreen because I, I did that starting off. Everybody does think, it. Yeah. Everybody does it. Yeah. You need to do that when you start off, actually. And yeah. let's say you're green, you don't have anything. What do you do? Well, you say, hey, I'm partnering with XYZ person and they own a portfolio of 5,000 units or whatever. So 
especially when I was trying to raise capital from, let's say I'm 22 years old and I was trying to raise capital. That's a really challenging thing because no one, why would anyone believe you? And me personally, as Caleb, why I don't want to invest in someone that's green. Like I don't want to invest in you if it's your first deal, unless there's a reason why I would. And so the reason that I would is if your partner is in on the deal and they like the deal and they sign off and they have all this experience. Hmm. So it's not bashing the smoke screen at all. Um, it's really, you do have to do that to some extent when you're starting yeah. off, yeah. but like you said, Jason, whenever you're starting off and you see this person that's been investing for six months and they have a thousand units under management, you know, they might be saying that they're limited partners or they've raised a hundred thousand dollars in this 5,000 unit portfolio. And so now they can say that. So don't get discouraged by that either. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I'm glad you brought that up. I don't, I don't want people to think that we're saying, Oh, you know, people are um, being malicious or, you know, mm-hmm. falsely reporting it. it this is more a, a sense of if you're, if you're looking at these numbers that people are, you know, sort of reporting as far as their assets under management and things like that and comparing yourself to them and thinking it, and that's holding you back because you feel negative about it. What, what's important to realize is that, you know, you don't, you probably don't know exactly what goes, what is behind those numbers and don't, don't worry about, don't play the comparison game. Just, just, get some value out of every deal that you do. Uh, and and most of the time in the beginning, the value is not the money. Most of the time in the beginning, the value is is network experience um, and growth. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So that that's kind of, I, I, I don't want people to think here we are like, oh, these, <laughs> these jerks that are over-reporting their portfolios. That's not it at all. It's more just don't get caught up in, because in, I did it. When, when I started, I I would listen to the bigger pockets podcast and like, you know, the, the title is, is, is meant to be catchy. It's meant to be a hook, but it'd be like, you know, 500 units in 18 months. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, this, like, I need to listen to this one. I want to be that person. And so I understand, you know, people's uh, urges for (laughs) things to happen quickly. And when it doesn't happen quickly, you start to feel, you know, some self doubt and be, uh, you know, might want to give up because it's because so, you saw someone else did had 500 units in 18 months, but like that's generally that's not exactly accurate. It, it might be for some some people might be phenomenal. They might do that, um, but the reality is that you know for most of us it's a, a slow growth trajectory, and um, you know you're you're reporting what you're a part of, but, but you don't know what the whole story is. So I just want people not to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged by other people's success, be encouraged by it and realize, you know, kind of that, that there's, that you can do it as well. So, and, and that, you know, sort of partnering with other people, leveraging their experience, all of that goes into it. Um, both from a, uh, I think, you know, from a capital raising standpoint, from a, an investor relationship standpoint, but also from a self-confidence standpoint and from, from a logistical or tactical, the the lenders won't give you, you can't get a loan if you don't have someone in the deal with the experience. So there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of reasons for those 
those types of um, ways of reporting what, you know, what the experience level is. But um, it was, I think it's an important topic and and maybe, maybe uh, I, I went off track a little bit, but I, I do want people to realize like, don't, don't look at those things and compare yourself. Um, Caleb, I want to, I want to switch gears here and get to ask you questions that I ask every guest. And the first one, I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, it's, it's, you know, the name of the show is know your why. And so I always ask everyone, what is your why? And I know you mentioned, you know, your, your mom really was your why. And, um, I'm, I'm interested if you want to expand on that, but also if, if that focus has evolved at all for you, you know, throughout your journey. Yeah. And that has evolved starting off. That was my motivating why. And, um, now since it has involved, uh, evolved, I really feel called to just share, uh, the love of Christ, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Christian and that's why I'm on this world. And if I know some way that we can have eternal life, then I definitely want to share that with as many people as possible. And I, I relate that to if, um, if you have a light on a desk, you don't put a bowl over it and hide it, right? I want that light to shine out through the whole room. So that's my why. And also just sharing love and just being um, a light and encouragement to others. Awesome. Awesome. Um, tell us something about yourself that uh, isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, anything that you're um, you know, willing to share. Yeah. So I would say I used to compete in bodybuilding. And I still am an avid gym enthusiast. Uh, I enjoy that. And I, I am not training for a show at the moment, but that's definitely a hobby of mine. And I would do it all natural. So don't picture me as having to walk sideways through doors or anything, but that's, uh, that's a hobby of mine. Cool. I, um, I have, I mean, I have friends who have, have done it as well. It's like, it, it is a serious level of dedication, like during in the the prep for a show, I'm just like, it, it kind of shocking. I, I mean, I love, I love exercise. I love working out, but I have never wanted to go, you know, that deep into it. So uh, it is, is really impressive to see people get to that, you know, level of, of being within a show. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? So they could either go to redseacapitalgroup.com and uh, our podcast is there and just other free resources, or they can check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook at Caleb Johnson or Red Sea Capital Group. And then final question for you, Caleb, what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's getting started? They want to follow in your footsteps. They, they hear this and they think, wow, this guy was, this guy was pretty young and, and he did it right. What, what, what should they do to kind of, you know, kind of be right behind you? Find a mentor that is, I'd say six to 18 months ahead of you. Now, if, if you're starting off, I wouldn't recommend going to Grant Cardone by any means, um, someone that's at a whole nother level, not saying you won't learn from him at all. You, you definitely will. Now, at the same time, working with someone that is just a little bit ahead of you will really be able to show you and give you digestible steps to get to where they are. And I think starting off, that is really important. And it's also important because you can see you have proof of concept, right? If when I'm starting off, I think, oh, I see these guys on YouTube, Instagram, and they have millions of dollars. And I wonder how they put their pants on. You know, it's the same way as, as you and I, Jason, just so you know. Um, but actually being to see 
being able to see someone in real life have what you want is really inspiring, at least for me. And that's what I'd say for anyone that's wanting to start off. Yeah, no, I think you're you're hundred percent right. It's it's you can you can use the Grant Cardones and the, the people that have you know been in the game for a long time as as a as a uh, long term vision and inspiration, but your ability to relate to uh, someone who owns their own planes and you know can. <laughs> be it, it, it's just not where you're going to be at the beginning so it is better to have someone that that has a a more um intimate understanding of, of where you are in the process so and, it, and i think the other great thing about it is like if you're you're you know mentoring with someone who is you know six to 18 months ahead of you they they can you, you can actually you know sort of bounce ideas off each other. It's not just a one-way street at that point. Now you can, you know, sort of participate. And I think that's a, that's the way that you learn as well. So I think it's a, it's a really great point to, to have uh, out there. Um, listen, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you taking your time. People won't know this when they're listening, but Saturday morning. So uh, I, I do, I do uh, appreciate people giving up uh, their time anytime. But you know, a morning uh, on a weekend, I understand is is valuable. So thank you, uh, thank you for everything that you shared today. I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and folks listening, when you hear this, uh, I'm sure you're going to love to hear Caleb's story. Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like him on. Thank you all. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.